0: Good morning greet you in Jesus name this morning to have been blessed by the devotional and the Sunday school hour I will say that I too am glad to be part of this church and the encouragement and the, uh, whatever that you've been to me and our family as we've journeyed life this morning I invite you to turn to a very familiar psalm psalm chapter 1 There's a phrase in here that popped out at me, and it's going to go similar to, or it's similar to the Sunday school, but maybe we could build on it. Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I know it's January 23rd. It's winter time. And there's not a not a lot of life around us right now outside. This is the time of year that you'll Receive in the mail, usually these catalogs. And I don't know, does this bring life to you? Those that you gar- that, those of you that garden? I couldn't find mine, so I had to borrow this one. But, I mean, you start looking through there. And you start thinking, I'm ready. I'm ready for spring. But what, what's pictured in here... Is the fruit, the produce? And I think they do a good job at making the picture look maybe better than, than. Uh, at least I found it that way. I, I see some of these maybe more exotic things, and I try them, and it never, never works out. But generally, if you buy, I usually don't order my seeds from a catalog. I just, I'll be honest. I go to Fleet Farm, and I. Buy my seeds there, and if there's plants that need started, I go to the greenhouse. I haven't done a garden by myself. Christy used to, she used to go through these catalogs and she'd make a list of things that she thought she would like to try and plant. And, but we'd usually try to find those seeds, you know, close by. But you know, it gave us a, a sense of anticipation of spring. And I think they do a good job at sending these catalogs out at this time of year too because I'm, I, wonder, I wonder how much that helps their sale. So if you haven't picked up already, the phrase that I want to look at is found in verse 3. Bringing forth His fruit in His season. I want this to be an encouraging message, one of excitement, one of anticipation. Spring is around the corner. That is a promise we have. God said spring, summer, fall and winter seasons will continue to go. Seed time and harvest will always, will always be there as long as time stands. In Genesis chapter one, verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herbs yielding seed, and the fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after its kind, and the trees yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind. And what happened? God saw that it was good. In the natural world, fruit is the result of healthy plant. If you want fruit, if you're going to want to be fruitful, it's going to take a healthy plant. It's going to take the right amount of sunshine, it's going to take the right amount of water, nutrients, whatever that may be, it is going to need to be healthy. In the Bible, the word fruit is often used to describe a person's outward actions that result from a condition of our heart. Every life, every person that is here this morning has that potential to be a blessing, to be sent out into the world, to be fruitful. Can this be a test of Christian life? Devotional, Wyndon talked about the Good Samaritan how that could maybe be a test of our fruit, how we respond. Turn with me to John chapter 15. Another very familiar passage, one that speaks of a vine I'm going to read verses 1 through 8, John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Jesus is making it very clear by saying that the branch in the vine needs to bear fruit. If it doesn't bear fruit, it's going to be cut off. It's going to be cast away. And it's going to be burned. It's useless. Why would you grow a branch that has no fruit. There's the aspect of pruning. I find this one to be a little more difficult for myself. The branches are there, the vine is there, and the potential for fruit. But yet, if there's too many branches too many twigs on that branch or vine, they need to be cut off so that the nutrients can flow from the main vine into the fruit. Sometimes God has to take things that are in our life and cut and prune so that we can be more fruitful. And I guess this is the time of year that you start thinking about pruning. Is that right, Lynn? Want to do that before the sap is flowing? Jesus made it very clear that no one can be his follower in truth who is not willing to be a luxurious fruit bearer. It says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit and so shall ye be my disciples. We cannot be his disciples if we do not bear much fruit. So we can deduct from that that the Christian life needs to be fruitful. How well are you producing fruit? What is fruitfulness in a spiritual sense? It is more than just a Christian activity. There are many people who are active in Christian duty, being faithful, diligent, energetic. But yet, they may not bear in their own life the character, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, there can be people so busy doing good who can be helpful and useful in helping others, but yet they lack the graces of the finest and best of the spiritual gifts. Those gifts that we were talking about in Sunday school and found in Galatians chapter 5. Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But flip it around, stand it on his ear. No doubt, though, for the true fruitfulness, it still includes Christian activities. We are to go about doing good. We are to be in our master's use. we need to help make this world a better place. Can we offer comfort? Can we offer strength? Can we cheer those up that are hurting, those that are needing some encouragement? And yet at the same time, come alongside that, we need the fruit of the Spirit. Martha was intensely active in her endeavors of serving. If you remember that story where Martha and Mary were with Jesus, you know, Jesus said to her, Martha, you lack one thing. And I believe that quality that she lacked was maybe the quietness of God in her heart. What is the purpose of fruit? Obviously, I could have found a page here with apples or any kind of fruit. Strawberries, tomatoes. thought it was right near the front here. Grapes, apples. I don't know why I pick apples, but it's something I'm familiar with. There's all kinds of different apples, and some are pretty, some are just ordinary, but are apples for the purpose of sitting around, I mean, they can be, but do you let them sit on the centerpiece of your table and go to nothing? I'll be honest, ours sit on our counter and sometimes go to nothing until we get to them. But generally, they get consumed. They, we have some apple eaters in our family that love apples, and so usually I buy a bag of apples. They don't stay around too long. But if I end up buying the wrong kind, then I know I got the wrong kind. But the fruit is to feed. Men's hungry. Men's hunger. Can we apply that to our Christian life? It's not merely, we're not merely to bear fruit for adornment of our character or the beautifying of our life, but it's to feed those around us, those who hurt and those who need encouragement. We are to do all things for the glory of God. Glory of God, however, embraces the good of others. Along with that, the commandment to love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself, linked together in one. He who loves God will love his neighbor also. This is the best test of our life that others that we help cheer strength and comfort by things in us which are beautiful and good. There are people who have had challenges, trials, testing, whatever, pruning, and those that have been through that can eliminate or help those wherever they go by the peace and the love and the joy in their hearts, and making others happy and better. And we touched and we touched on that in Sunday school. It's a perpetual blessing. Here in Psalms 1, a godly life is compared to a tree that's planted by a stream of living water. A tree is not merely. Start over. A tree is not only one of the most beautiful objects in nature, but it is one of the most useful. It must be noted that each tree must bring forth its own fruit. There can be a wide variety among trees. So I think we can apply that to us as Christians. There's no two that are the same. There's a variety. God loves diversification. God loves variety of fruit found it interesting, some plants may even take a while till they ever even produce fruit. The bitter nut tree does not bear fruit every year. It only bears fruit every three years and sometimes every five years. The beech tree bears fruit every eight years. The white oak can go 10 years without ever bearing fruit but there's one that trumps them all, and that is the bamboo. Someone want to guess how long that takes till it ever bears fruit? 120 years. Now, us as Christians, we don't live that long. But it is not wise for us to try and copy the modes of fruitfulness in some other people. Imitation is one of the most common faults, or can be one of the most common faults in Christian living. One man may find something that works and lives healthfully in his own way, and there may be people that follow and try to follow that path, and pattern their lives after what he says or thinks, and they lose the individuality, and they mar both their character and their work. The true way to get full, to tap our roots in and get full of Christ is simply to be ourself and bear our fruit, the fruit that we need to bear. Each one will bear its own fruit, and that is what makes it best. John 15 back a few more verses in verse 16 from where we read ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father in my name he may give it you God has chosen us to be fruitful. Another feature of a tree is that it brings forth its fruit in its season. Different kinds of fruit ripen at different times of the year. Some may come early summer, some may be late summer. We need to be careful as we look at the fruit, especially those that are young and tender, that we're not expecting maturity of that fruit. They can be fruitful. And they can bring forth lovely fruit, tender, thoughtful, unselfish, and true. But the ripeness and maturity of life can still be as they continue to mature in their life and their experiences as they live their life. This tree that brings forth its fruit in its season, there are weeks and weeks that that fruit may hang and be visible. And if you were to take that fruit and try and eat it, it may not be very good, but it can look good. It can resemble the lusciousness that you are wanting, but yet it's still hard and sour. But by and by, as the time goes on, all is changed, and the fruit is mellow and sweet, that is how life sometimes does. Many excellent people with much promise of fruit do not bring fruit to the perfection until later autumn of life. Paul was one that I thought of. You know, he made the statement, "In what's um, I have learned, in whatsoever state to be content." Do you think Paul had trouble being content? If it if it was, it wasn't till later in life that he learned through pruning and cutting whatever, the lessons of life that he was able to make that statement. I believe that can be a great lesson, but yet a hard one to learn. Contentment does not come naturally. And it can take many years to learn. But young people, you may look at older ones that you admire or would like to be like, and I still view myself as young, and I remember telling Christy there's one man that I, I admire, and I said, when I get old, I want to be like him. But you know, as, as the graces of gentleness and thoughtfulness and patience, unselfishness, as you mature, That's what's going to help your fruit to become more like that person that maybe you admire. The tree brings forth its fruit in its season if only they abide in Christ. We need to receive from Him the blessings of love and grace. And that will bring forth a ripening of a fruit in its season. There's also some fruit that does not ripen until frost comes. Just like Christian life, sometimes Christian lives do not yield their richest and best character until the frost of sorrow have fallen upon them. Many Christians can go through joyous days admiring prosperity, pure in motive, earnest in activity, but yet, not bringing forth the best fruit. But by and by, as trouble comes, adversity, sorrow, loss, and under the keen frost, the fruit is ripened. And after that, they may have a sweeter spirit with more love for Christ and a deeper spirituality and a larger measure of consecration. Are you able to walk in faithful obedience to God even when your situation does not immediately change or improve? Fruit trees planted in good soil by the water are made to bear fruit and they're to offer shade to those around them. But this doesn't just happen overnight. Fruit only comes after years of slow, faithful growth and development. And the same is true for us. Colossians 1.10 So as we walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully ple- pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, as we walk, as we increase our knowledge of God, is when the bearing of fruit. We must abide in Christ. The roots of our life must go deep into his life. And the roots of the tree must penetrate into the earth's soil, just as the earth's tree penetrates into the earth's soil. We must live so that our blessing of god's love shall reach into us and through our faith and through the word and the spirit of god no christian can be fruitful who does not receive from christ through the holy spirit that divine grace and blessing a stream of living water john 15:8 by this my father is glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples and i read that verse already Matthew seven seventeen and 20. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into fire. You can't have one or the other. You're either going to be a good tree or a bad tree. If you're not bearing fruit, you are cut down and burned. I thought of that in light of trees being useful. You know, there's still use for a tree when it's dead and not fruitful. It can be cut down. It can be used for firewood, but that's it. It's done. Jeremiah 17, seven and eight. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is, for He shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I get a picture of a tree or trees in a desert. Down in Arizona, near where Christie's home was, there's a river there in Wickenburg. It's called the Haciampa. It's a weird name, but it looks weird. Hasiampa River. And most times when you are there, it's just a dried up riverbed. There is no water that can be visible or you see visibly. And a lot of people like to go four-wheeling on it. But along the edges of this river are lots of trees, lots of vegetation. And you can tell that there is something that's sustaining life there. And this river is known to be an underground river. And it's a 100 miles long, roughly. There's water flowing under. I've seen it already where it has rained quite a bit and the river then becomes a river and it's an angry river. But most 90% of the time, if not 95% of the time, most of the time it's not there. But yet underneath there is water. And there's a few places, there's a preserve there and this river comes out and shows itself and it's crystal clear. And, uh, This river is very important to life there in the desert. The preserve... I thought I had it written down here. They had a statement. I'm not laying my eyes on it. But the, the... Something to the effect that this river provides life to this preserve, this desert, and, and sustains life and wildlife in a desert. Do our roots go down into the stream of God's living water? Is there evidence of life and fruit? I'd like to turn our thoughts to another place, something that's future, that talk about a stream and fruit, and that is in Revelation chapter 22. Verses one and two. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nation. Here's a river that gives life. There are trees, and there is the tree of life that is by that river. Bearing fruit is also going to be part of our heavenly home. It mentions there the fruit of every month. I don't know, I thought maybe it, it appears that there is some sort of season or time in heaven but just like as we look at the seed catalog and we're anticipating spring plant and garden how much more are we looking into this and anticipating that river of life and the fruit of heaven it's a promise of eternity that we can have with. Christ and God. And we need to tap into that source and be grafted into that vine so that we can be part of that family of God. Yes, we're still in this life. There are still trials, there're still storms. There's even frost. But if our roots are tapped into the source, of the living water, I can tell you with confidence that we can make it. When we get to heaven, that will be when the culmination of our life, bringing glory to God, bearing fruit, will show our life by being faithful.